Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans for Sports Network. Happy Friday, everyone. We have done it. Not only have we made it through the work week, we also have made it through the bye week. And for me, I hope you've enjoyed my shows in the morning, and I know a lot of you probably just stepped away and you didn't want to hear much because, well, maybe you weren't high on the team, but, you know, a game is coming back up. It's it's important that we as fans start to get ready, and I hope that you enjoyed some of the guests that we had on the show. Uh, obviously, I had my buddy Chris Carter on, Alan Saunders of Steelers Now. In case you missed some of those shows, go back and check them out. Find them on the feed and uh, enjoy them because I think you're really going to enjoy them. Hopefully, you're also checking out all of our content, whether it is a show like the Steelers Preview, which aired last night, myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Davis, or the State of the Steelers, which is coming up today at noon. Make sure you're checking out all of our stuff wherever you find your podcast. A couple things just to keep on the lookout. Yes, I know I told you all Twitter spaces is something I'm going to do. I I swear I'm going to try it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But I want you all to be on the lookout for our on uh, on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube just by searching Steel Curtain Network. Uh, we are just shy of 10,000 subscribers. Uh, we're going to start putting some more content out there. Not necessarily you know, unique content, but maybe you want some visual components. You can find us there. It's not going to be full shows or anything like that. Just a unique way for us to get our name out there and trying to increase our audience. That's what we're trying to do there in that respect. Uh, also, uh, be on the lookout for, uh, I'll do an article on this for sure, our Steel Curtain Network shop. We have two more designs that are almost ready to go. Uh, one for Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, and one, gosh, I can't believe I did this. I actually ran with one of Brian Davis's nicknames, uh, that's Jalen Warren, the pinball wizard. Uh, we have two new shirt designs. I, I think they look really, really sharp, really cool. I think they make great T-shirts. And remember, if the Steelers win, we give away one of those T-shirts. So that's a pretty cool thing as well when you think about it. So for me, I, I'm excited about everything. I'm excited about the Steelers playing today at 405. I'm excited about the store. I'm excited about us trying to do some more stuff on YouTube. And I'm excited about this show. Uh, I've got Tom Quartz coming up. He is uh, covers the Los Angeles Rams for Fans First Sports Network. We're going to talk with him in the first half in our Behind Enemy Line segment. In the second half, you know what that means. All bets are off with Jeremy Betts. We're going to talk injury report. We're going to give our predictions. We're going to look at the AFC North picks as well. And then we're going to finish this out like we always do with a heart-to-heart. So with all that being said, let's get right to it. Coming up after this break, Tom Quartz, Behind Enemy Lines. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, it is time to go behind enemy lines. Week 7, Pittsburgh Steelers travel across country to play the L.A. Rams. SoFi Stadium, they played there last year when they played the Chargers. It'll be the first time playing the Rams in that venue. And to 
talk about this upcoming game, I bring in Tom Quartz, who covers the Rams for Fans for Sports Network. Tom, what's going on? How are you? Hey, great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Looking, looking forward to a great Week 7 game against the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to expect. I'm going to be honest with you with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you, literally, it's a crapshoot. I mean, they're 3-2. and two. No one knows how they got to 3-2, and two, but Steelers fans know all about that. What they don't know all about are the Los Angeles Rams. Why? NFC West opponent don't play that often. What What is the, you know, everyone, I always feel like there's an ebb and flow with NFL teams. You know, the teams that are, you know, up and coming, they're they're playing good football, they're playing the right way. And then there's teams that are on the other side of that, that are maybe trending in the wrong direction. Heading into week seven, where would you say the Rams would fall into that scale? Yeah, definitely trending on, in the uh, in the right direction, right? even though we're only three and three. Uh, I mean, this is a team that came in to this season with very low expectations, right? Coming off a Super Bowl win in 21, and then in 22, just had an unmitigated disaster of a season. Just everything went, went wrong. The um, uh, injuries, uh, coaching was terrible. Play was terrible. It was just terrible. So there was a kind of a partial rebuild, uh, certainly on the defensive side. And uh, on the offensive side, got a lot of guys back. And uh, but it's just a it's a, a team that drafted 14 players. All 14 made the 53, uh, which is an NFL record. And it's a very young team on defense, especially. You know, the the pundits were saying, you know, it's Aaron Donald and a bunch of guys you never heard of, which is largely true. And uh, but having said that, it's uh, three losses to three teams that were uh, all of which were in the uh, their championship league, or their uh, their conference championship games last year and um and three good wins so uh so yeah it's really a really a lot of positives coming out of this season and um picked up a couple of free agents a couple of them who you know well mm -hmm. and that are really really contributing and uh so it's a very positive year so far well, that's a great segue because i know steeler fans might not know a lot about the rams but they do know a lot about two specific players and that would be one kevin dotson who's a guard and that's one akello witherspoon who spent two years with the Steelers prior before he was released and picked up by LA. Those two guys are playing good football. Uh, what's been the difference? Cause the Steelers obviously traded Kevin Dotson and they let Akella Weathers Witherspoon walk. How are they fitting? How are they playing right now? Yeah. I mean, Akella Weatherspoon is, is, uh, you know, arguably our second best defensive player right now after Aaron Donald. I mean, certainly the leading the leader of the, uh, of the secondary um, just having an outstanding year across the board. And, um, you know, so, you know, quite, I can't, I, I didn't really follow him. Didn't, you know, you know, when we, we got him, I had to do a lot of research to be honest. Um, and so, I mean, I know a lot of players in the league, but I don't, I don't necessarily go that deep. And, uh, and so, um, no, but he came in, we didn't know what he was going to be like. He had a great camp. Um, he certainly, uh, yeah. So he's played outstanding and just, just can't, I don't know, quite frankly, I don't know what that secondary would be like without him. Um, and especially now that we lost our other corner, a cornerback across from him in uh, Darian Kendrick with some legal issues. Uh, but, you know, in terms of Dotson, I mean, this is a, a, a defense or offensive line that was just, just beat up bad last year. And, and the Rams really wanted to uh, bulk up in the, in the middle three and, you know, get bigger and uh, we didn't know about Dotson either. He came over. He, he he looked okay. He didn't get the starting job. He made the fifty-three. They kept ten offensive linemen, but he's been a healthy scratch for most of the year. Um, when there was an injury to our left tackle, uh, our our right guard um, moved over and filled in for him. And Dotson got the call, 
And uh, I can honestly say that now that that right tackle will probably be back and healthy next year, a right tackle who's making $40 million, who was hot, who was, who was, who was uh, paid to replace Whitworth at left tackle, couldn't win that job. I think Dotson's going to beat him out for the starting right guard job. He's playing that well. Well, I mean, good for those guys. Uh, that's that's enough to really piss off the Steelers fan base because you watch these guys walk and they're probably playing better than they ever did in Pittsburgh. And people want to draw a lot of conclusions, but we're not going to go there. I want to talk to you about your own opinion on the strengths and weaknesses of this L.A. Rams team. Let's start off with the strengths because really what are they doing well, both offensively and defensively, that has gotten them to this 3-3 three and three record? And I think... They're one of the better 500 teams in the league. Like you said, their three losses were teams that are very, very good. What are they doing well? What would you say those strengths are? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the passing game, right? I mean, you get a guy like, you know, Cooper Cup is goes out for, it goes out in camp, misses the first four games. And uh, Van Jefferson, who's our number, our other veteran receiver, the number two receiver is moved, obviously moves up to number one and he disappears, right? Yet our passing game has thrived all season long, and largely because of uh, you know everyone knows the name of Puka Nakua now, right? A fifth round draft pick who um, out of BYU, but he before that he had transferred from Washington, and at Washington he had a coach, uh, a receivers coach named Junior Adams, who was by the way uh, uh, Cooper Cup's receivers coach when he was at Eastern Washington. So a lot of people don't know that. And the press hasn't made as big a deal as you think they would about that. But, uh, yeah, interesting little tidbit, but, um, yeah, so he came in and took that role and, and just and Stafford's been, you know, I think top five quarterback in the league this, this year, just how he's playing. So the passing game is clearly their strength. Um, uh, the running game has not been got, has not gotten on the rails until the second half of last week when they committed to it. Uh, with their new gap run scheme and guys like Dotson and Steve Avila, who's our, uh, our draft pick out of playing left guard out of uh, TCU um, is are just, just killing it. And so, uh, yeah, the, the, I would say the, the, the passing game is really the main strength of the team this year. How's the pass pro? Because obviously with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith coming to town, they're, they're looking to pin their ears back. How are the tackles looking in terms of keeping Matthew Stafford upright? You know, it's interesting because the, the pass pro, it's a lot of guys who haven't played, you know, even those positions or just in the NFL very much, yeah. right? Our left tackle, the guy who, who beat out Joe Noteboom, who I just referenced as the guy who was, who was the right guard before he went down. Um, uh, Alaric uh, Jackson is a UDFA, right? He's been kind of a backup guy. He's our left tackle, and he's playing fantastic. But to answer your question, the pass pro's been fantastic um, until the until the DC throws some uh, blitzes at him, especially blitzes with stunts, right? These in, the inexperience then comes into play and shows, and it's been really bad. So. Uh, um, I don't know if if this is uh, a true moniker, but you know some people call the Steelers Blitzburg. Um, I don't know if it's <laughs> if that's true or not. You can tell me. But if uh, if it's true, and 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 Tomlin brings the uh, the heat with some stunts and some trickery and corners off the edge and so forth, it could be a long day. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, for a guy that uh, Blitzburg era was the mid '90s with Greg yeah. Lloyd and Kevin Green, and and they did blitz almost every down. Like they sent extra defenders almost every single snap, and that's where they got that moniker. This defense does not do that nearly as much. They rely on their guys to win, 
And that's what they do. Like they, they want TJ Watt to win his one-on-one matchup, even if he gets chipped, which he's used to that. If he gets held up, okay, that's Alex Highsmith. You're one-on-one. Win your matchup. That way they don't have to send too many players. They can keep the back end covered. So no, they, they don't blitz as much as most people think. They just rely on their talent up front. And then when Cam Hayward was there, he's on injured reserve right now. He obviously would be one of those guys as well that they expect to win their matchup. But I want to talk to you about, uh, obviously as a Steeler fan, this is curious for me. Where are the weaknesses? We just brought up pass protection. You said it's very solid. That's, hey, that's something the Steelers are looking for. But if there's a weakness on this team, be it offense, defense, where can the Steelers exploit? Yeah, there's one glaring weakness on this team, and it's at our uh, right edge. And so, um, you know, our defensive line with Aaron Donald, interior, you know, uh, uh, is solid. Um, We have a, a, a new left edge. Um, that's solid, but right edge is is being played by a guy named Michael Hoyt. Michael Hoyt is a converted was a backup defensive lineman for the last couple of years. Was a, a former UDFA uh, backup lineman for the Rams the last couple of years. Special teams kind of a guy, and three hundred pounds, three hundred and ten pounds interior defensive line. He gets there's so many injuries. He gets just at the end of the year. Let's let him try the edge. What the heck? And he played quite you know pretty well. So this year coming in and with signing almost, you know, very, very few uh, uh, free agents, especially on the defensive side of the ball, he, wa- he, he was the de facto starting right edge. And he's down to 270, but he's just getting killed. Anytime he's, in a, in, anytime he's uh, guarding a, a tight end, the other opposing quarterback, especially now that there's film on it, checks right out of it and boom, and he's getting beat by a lot. So, um, and he's just, he's quite frankly, he's not getting to the quarterback. He's not containing the edge. We don't know why he's in there, quite frankly, why he's still starting. But, um, cause there's some other emerging guys. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's a, you know, and, and an edge, uh, a lot of people think, well, that's just one position out of, out of 11 on the defensive side of the ball. But if your edge can't contain and he can't, he can't, you know, pick up a tight end on occasion and he can't get to the quarterback you know, it can, it can sting and um, it has. It can have a ripple effect as well. When you talk about Aaron Donald, who is one of the best in the world, the best has ever done it possibly from the interior. If he's putting that pressure on the quarterback and there's nowhere, there's no, no one coning them in, so to speak. That's something Dick Laveau used to always talk about as a defensive coordinator of the Steelers, coning the quarterback in collapsing the pocket. Well, if that edge doesn't do their job, then there's always an escape route. And there's always a hot route there. That's going to be something to keep your eye on. I want to ask you about injuries. The running backs have just been, it seems like, devastated by injury. Am I right? I mean, what are they expecting in this game? I know that the injury report has not really come out fully, but still, what are they expecting the Rams to do at the running back position here in Week Seven? Yeah, so our, our uh, you know, we lost our uh, our starting running back Cam Akers, right? We just finally moved on from Cam Akers. Yeah, and uh, Kyron Williams, our number two running back, took over, and he's been playing extra. Ex- exceptionally well especially he had a kind of a breakout game last week against Arizona um so uh but he got hurt so he won't be playing our backup who was again a UDFA a couple years ago Ronnie Rivers also got hurt in that game and he he's going to go on IR so those our top two running backs are out so we have Zach Evans who was a six-round draft pick um uh who will be our essentially our number one back Royce Freeman uh, who's been around the league a little bit, 
was elevated from the practice squad and he'll be kind of the number two signed miles Gaskin, um, uh, off the, uh, off the street. And I don't know if he'll be ready or not. And then, um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the run for the Rams. So uh, basically nobody who's gotten any snaps with the first team this year at all. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I, you know, it's interesting. We talked about pass pro. One of Kyron's Williams' biggest strengths, um, he was kind of supposed to be our third down back because he's, he's good in the, in the uh, uh, you know, catching, good catching the ball, and, um, and, uh, but he's exceptional in pass pro. And um, so he has been a big part of that. It'll be interesting to see how the pass pro is affected, even if those other guys can't establish the run, does, uh, my, or does Kyron Williams' absence hurt our pass pro? Well, just so you know, lesser running backs have run all over the Steelers. So don't don't <laughs> don't go and disregard that. That there's still a possibility that they will run rampant on Pittsburgh. I, I want to take a look at the line and, and take a look at get your thoughts on the game. If you want to give me a numerical prediction, some have, some have said I don't like to do that. That's up to you. That's your prerogative. But here's the line that I have right now. The Los Angeles Rams are giving the standard home field advantage three points with the over under line set at 44. Tom, how do you see this game playing out on, at, I guess, 4.05 Eastern time on Sunday? Yeah, I'm going chalk. I, I you know, had this game, um, I think, uh, you know, before I, I, we, we knew about those injuries early on and, and we knew all the guys that were coming back for you and, and, and so forth. And I kind of picked this game. I try to pick games early, um, but I have 23-20 Rams. So it is kind of a chalk uh, pick yeah, because yeah. it goes against goes with both of those lines. I didn't mean to do it that way, but that's just uh, that's just where it's at. It also is a uh, uh, it's, it is what I think is going to happen in the game, but it is also the score that we won the uh, the Super Bowl uh, with a couple years ago. So everyone um, tends a lot of people tend to pick the Rams twenty three twenty. It's just it's one of those scores that's kind of cemented in it. your brain. I get it for sure. <laughs> well, you know the thing is with the Steelers is not only are they a tough nut to crack in terms of how they're going to perform, but you talk about they're coming off the bye week. They are getting healthy, as you mentioned. Uh, they're hoping to have Deontay Johnson back at wide receiver. Uh, Anthony McFarland, who can spell some third down backs, but Jalen Warren is primarily that guy. Uh, Pat Fryer used to be back in the lineup, a healthy offensive line. So it, this is going to be a really interesting game from Pittsburgh's perspective. Uh, how does the secondary hold up against Matthew Stafford and, and Cooper Cup and company if the pass rush can't get home? Because so far this season, they have been gashed by big name receivers repeatedly, whether it's Brandon Ayuk in week one, Amari Cooper in week two, Devonte Adams in week three, I could keep going, but you get the picture. This team has struggled at times and somehow, some way they're three and two. Will they be different out of the bye? I don't know. I really don't know, but they, hey, you said 23, 20. I think it will be close. I do think it will be close. That's, that's a good prediction. Maybe it'll be flipped. Hopefully for my sake, uh, nonetheless, <laughs> Tom, I, I appreciate the time. I want to give you the opportunity to tell all the listeners out there, where they can find you both on social media and go ahead and plug your Rams podcast for fans for sports network. Yeah. So I'm uh, at Rams beat on Twitter and uh, very active there. And uh, our podcast is Rams up podcast network on the fans for sports network. So uh, yeah, look for us there and uh, yeah, a lot of good content every day. Absolutely. You'll give them a, Hey, you want to check out what's going on the other side of the docket? Go check out uh, the Rams up podcast. Never great stuff there, Tom. Thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me.
All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. It's the second half of the Friday uh, show of Let's Ride. You know what that means. It's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? Going great, man. After a week off, it's time for some more Steelers football, and I'm excited. It is time for more Steelers football. I think, I feel like, you know, sometimes people say, like, the week off is great. You know, the week off is great for the fan base because they can kind of relax. I feel like the Steelers fan base has just been festering for seven to 14 days almost, just angry, just angry with the yeah. way the team is playing, angry with the way things have panned out so far this year, angry with the usage of the rookies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like it's it's coming to a boiling point. I hope it doesn't get to that point because that means things went south. Do you feel that same thing, Jeremy, like when you're on social media and stuff of that nature? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I think it's, it's coming to, down to a a real turning of the tide of Steeler Nation as a whole, kind of uh, against this current regime of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I I'm concerned that a couple bad games coming out of the bye, if that were to be the case, that that would just be the end of it for this year. And you would you would be you, there would be way more, a way higher percentage of Steeler Nation calling for the firing of Tomlin, for the total reset of everything, um, you know, just it, uh, wholesale changes, as it were, like Mike Tomlin likes, likes to say. I just think that that could be the case if the Pittsburgh Steelers don't come out after the bye here with some semblance of of continuity as far as the team goes of being competitive and, and the ability to stay consistently good and get better and show that they actually learn from their mistakes in the first portion of the season and can move forward. It's going to be interesting. And I really hope, and again, I, I really, really hope that this team is able to kind of turn that proverbial corner, start to play some good football, start to actually look like the team we all expected. Maybe not the preseason team that might've been way yeah. too, uh, way too crazy in terms of offensive production, but still something that resembles what we expected in 2023. But let's talk about this game coming up this Sunday afternoon in 4.05 Pittsburgh time. I had to remind myself, oh crap, it's not a one o'clock start. It's a 4.05 start. I just had Tom Quartz on in the first half of the show talking all things Rams, get the lowdown, but this is all about the Steelers for me, the injury report. Let's talk about this, uh, Jeremy. It's in, it's in an interesting one. You have, Players that are coming off of the bye week that are looking good, looking like they're ready to return. We're talking about Presley Harvin with a hamstring, Deontay Johnson with his hamstring, uh, Anthony McFarland with his knee. Also, uh, Dan Moore Jr., he's a full participant with his knee injury, James Daniels' groin. They all look like they're good to go. Also, right. got to mention, there's some twists and turns here on the Thursday injury report. Nick Herbig remains limited with a quadricep injury. But Pat Fryermuth was a full participant on Wednesday and then was downgraded to limited on Thursday. Could be precautionary. Nonetheless, with hamstring injuries, all it takes is just one wrong step. And next thing you know, yank, there it goes, and you're on the shelf again. But the big name was TJ Watt. A heel injury had him not practicing on Thursday. I can honestly state I'm not too worried about it right now. Uh, this yeah. could just be like, ah, I stepped on a Lego. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't have kids, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. But Jeremy, when you look at the injury report, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, it is overall. And my first thought was, oh, no, TJ Watt fell in his pool again and bumped his heel <laughs> off the side of the wall or something like that. No, uh, I yeah, it looks great um, for the Steelers overall. I would 
definitely handle the Pat Fryermuth downgrade from full to limited as precautionary. He worked hard on the first day back from or in practice this week. Maybe you give him a little bit of a lighter load today to see how he recoups and recovers from that first day and then hit it heavy and hard again on Friday as he pushed towards playing. Um, the TJ Watt heel injury, I mean, Jeff, how many times in your coverage of the Pittsburgh Steelers have you seen heel the be the uh, diagnosis of, of a, as a reason a player misses practice? <laughs> Not often. I'll put it that way. Not often. Yeah, I, I can't recall a time personally, but I uh, obviously something – you know, you've got different things that it could always be maybe a plantar fasciitis type thing, maybe uh, just heel spurs. I used to get those mm-hmm. horribly uh, when I played high school and college sports, and um, it would take, you know, some time for those to, to start feeling better. And so maybe he just needs a, a different sock, a different cleat, something along those lines. But I wouldn't be too concerned about this. I could see this being, remember Darnell Washington. He showed up on the injury report with a knee and everyone's like, oh my gosh, like he, he's going to be, his knee is, yeah. is bad as when did he get hurt? And he even said on Friday, I believe to the media, like, I'm going to play. And he didn't yeah. have an injury designation and he played and he was fine. He hasn't been on an injury report since. I think sometimes fans need to remember that the Steelers obligated by league policy yeah. have to state if any player misses practice and why. Now, teams fudge that all the time, so they could have said T.J. Watt did not practice Veterans Day off, but instead he might have, like you said, it could have just been a a, a weird step. It could have been a, yeah. oh, my gosh, like I stepped on a rock and my heel hurts. Right. I, I don't know. I, let's worry about that on Friday. But the injury report is at least, I would say, going in the positive direction for the Steelers heading into Week 7. But, Jeremy, what is your take on this game? It's a very strange yep. game for me. Uh, when you think about the the Rams, West Coast team, NFC West, very uncommon opponent for the Steelers. They like to throw the ball a lot. They're, I would expect that even more with no running backs really left after injuries mm-hmm. have taken out a lot of their star players there. A defense that is anchored by Akella Witherspoon in the back half. of What is going on, Jeremy, Like with the Rams? <laughs> Yeah, uh, an offensive line anchored by Kevin Dotson and a secondary oh, anchored by Akello Witherspoon. Shoot me now. <laughs> when the Steelers lose this game, fans will be up in total arms. Uh, yes. it, it's 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 a very interesting game. I, I will say that. Uh, the Steelers have played now a couple teams uh, from the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay scheme of, of offensive play. But Sean McVay has taken this team this year and really built a – pass first run second unit as opposed to um the the passing game being predicated on the run scheme like Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers and Bobby Slowick from the Houston Texans have done. So you're talking about a a Rams team that likes to set things up with the quick passing game. They've got some of the best route runners in the league. This is going to be a real test for the Steelers secondary no matter who's out there. And I I just I just don't get good vibes from um, this Rams, this matchup, I guess, with the Rams. I, I just feel like this is, it's not a good matchup for a Steelers secondary that has has been uh, problematic for the team. The one saving grace with this is that the Rams have given up more pressures and sacks than the other teams that operate this type of system, probably because Matt Stafford is older and likes to just sit in the pocket and let plays develop a little bit more that could play into the Steelers hands again I'm not going to predict 
a bunch of sacks like I did against Houston. Um, yeah. Just not going to go there again. But I, I could see ways the Steelers can win this game. If the Steelers on offense come out and run the football well, I think they can keep it close at least for a long time. Um, but it, it is going to be a tough matchup. Not one of those ones that you go into with a lot of confidence for Pittsburgh uh, stepping in and, and taking care of business in in uh, in a fashion that makes fans happy. <laughs> you just summed up the bye week for Steeler fans. They are coming off of a win against the Ravens at home, yeah. a big win. And I don't care how that happens. Like you win at home against a division rival, especially the Baltimore Ravens in comeback fashion and with the big bomb yeah. to George Pickens. And yet some way, somehow the fan base is like, yeah, we're probably going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind yeah. of the way that their things are vibing right now. But nonetheless, I think this is a game where maybe just maybe we'll all be pleasantly surprised. The optimist in yeah. me says, hey, there's a chance that this team's going to come out and they're going to look they're going to look a little bit better. Not light years different. They're not going to come out and blow people's doors off. If it happened. Yes, let's celebrate. But if it doesn't, I think just a couple steps in the right direction could be enough to actually win this game if the defense can hold up. The kicker for me, and I'll ask your opinion on this, is Minka Fitzpatrick. We know mm-hmm. the TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, what yeah. they do and, and how they can impact a game. And I know Terrell Austin was asked about this when he met with the media this week, and they said, you know, hey, what's the deal with Minka? Like, hasn't made a lot of splash plays, hasn't had any takeaways yet. He said, I feel like it's, it's bound to happen. Well, it's just a matter of when. Is this the game? Because I think it could be, even if Matthew Stafford thinks he's might, might you know, do some trickeration out there. Yeah. I could see Minka making a making a player too. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he the Steelers absolutely have to put him in better position to use the skill set that has made him one of the best safeties in football, if not the best safety in football for the last three to four years now. And I mean, I personally I don't hate having him up uh in the slot, covering slot receivers and being up near the line of scrimmage and even handling uh some of the come up and tackle duties if the Steelers run game is struggling because he's probably the the best tackler on the team. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think he plays well no matter where he goes. Now, you're, are you limiting some of his splashy abilities by putting him head, head to head over the slot receiver? Maybe a little bit, but are you also taking away a whole route concept for the, for the offense? Yeah, you're probably doing that too. So uh, play to play, we're not seeing just exactly his impact uh on like the box score but i i guarantee you uh, if you're a steelers fan out there saying where's minka been he's there and he's making an impact whether you can see it or not i just don't know if if maybe the steelers want to um maybe just hype up the offense a little bit get them get them ready to rock and roll a little bit more maybe uh just blow up the vibe a little bit in a, a foreign stadium here. Do they put Minka Fitzpatrick in a, in a place where he can make a little bit more splash and uh, cause a stir and get things going momentum swing? I, I'll tell you this. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is a player that he, he's going to get his eventually, you know, it's just yeah. a matter of time. You don't want him leading the team in tackles in a game. And that's happened no. <laughs> um, already a couple times this year. It happened for the entire season. I think two years ago, he led the team in tackles. When your safety is leading in tackles, that is no bueno. Like that is awful. Yeah. That's that just speaks volumes about your run defense. So I think this is a game where the Steelers have to say, look, we had a, we had two weeks to prepare for this. 
They got to have some wrinkles. I want to see something different in the back half. We expect something different on the offensive yeah. side of the ball because it's been so atrocious. But on the defense, I don't want people to think that they can just rest on their laurels necessarily because really there's room for improvement there too. Uh, I'll yeah, tell you what, absolutely. There's, there's a lot to talk about. And we could talk for hours on this, but still let's, let's go to some game picks, right? Let's, let's go to some mm-hmm. AFC North game picks first, and then we'll get to our picks for the Steelers Rams game. Let's start off with a one o'clock kickoff Browns at Colts. Uh, the Browns, Deshaun Watson did return to practice on Thursday. Don't know if he's going to play. We do know the Colts will be without Anthony Richardson for the rest of the year as he underwent surgery to repair his shoulder. That's interesting news for the Steelers later down the road. Nonetheless, the Browns are coming off that huge win against San Francisco. What do you think about this game? This is typically where I would say the, the Browns are going to Brown and uh, probably lose one to a team they should beat after um, a, an emotional win against a, a superior opponent. Uh, I, I just don't know if that's this, this Browns team, though. I think the defense is playing really well. I think that Gardner Minshew and, and company are going to have a tough time against this Browns defense that's just playing well in all facets. The difference, though, here is that the the Colts ground game could really be a difference maker. We saw it was a difference maker against the uh, against the Ravens. Kind of mm-hmm. threw off what the Ravens did well and, and made life difficult, muddied the game a little bit. Between Zach Moss and now Jonathan Taylor returning, hopefully to full strength in his third game back after um, sitting out for the first portion of the season before getting a new contract. Those two guys are really the key factor here for the Colts. If, if Steelers fans want to see the Colts handle business uh, against the Browns and, and, and knock off an AFC North foe for them, that's where it's going to have to start. Um, Now the Colts are going to be missing a couple players on defense. And if Deshaun Watson comes back, it's going to be tough. I like the Browns in this game. I think it's going to be a low scoring, close game. Like most Browns games will be this year, but I'm going to pick the Browns uh, 20 to 17 in this game. He lives with a Browns fan. He's married to a Browns fan. Folks just (laughs) calm down. This is a classic letdown game. This is the classic letdown game. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play, which I don't think he will, if he's just starting to throw, and they said that that bruised, um, oh my gosh, rotator cuff. It's the, I think it's the subscapularis. Yeah. But still, if, if he has that bruised shoulder, he's just throwing. You're not going to put him in a game yet. He's looking at next week to start. If PJ Walker goes out there again, I'm sorry. I know it's in Indy. Indy's not that great. They're going to be missing some defenders. But if you're going to win a game, what do you do? You run the freaking yeah. football. I think Jonathan Taylor yeah. will be getting back. And yeah, the Browns defense is good. But he's really, really good, and you throw in Zach Moss, like you mentioned. It's at home. The Browns, again, classic letdown game. It's going to be close, but I like the Colts to actually win this one. They beat the Ravens on the road. They can beat the Browns at home, too. Let's go with the Lions going to M&T Bank Stadium. The Baltimore Ravens are coming back from London. Let's keep that in mind. They're coming back from London. That's going to take a toll. And the Lions are really playing good football and playing good defense, too. Last year was all offense. No defense this year. They're playing well on both sides of the football. The five and one Lions versus the Ravens, who sit atop the AFC North at four and two. What do you think about this game in Maryland? Uh, this game is is really a statement opportunity for the the Lions going up against a perceived AFC heavyweight, probably the favorite to win that division right now in, in Baltimore. And uh, I would say that the Lions have a chance here to to really stake their claim as one of the best teams in the league. 
And I think they do it. Uh, their defense is playing lights out. They play a style of defense that that is going to make it life difficult for the Ravens. Heavy pass rush, good uh, good work in the secondary, but the ability to stop the run and to contain Lamar Jackson. So I like the Lions in this game a lot to to take care of business. This is in Baltimore, right? Forgive me for yes. for missing that out. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, in even in Baltimore, I still think that they can handle it. Um, I just I just like this Lions team, and I think that they have the horses to get it done. The offense is going to look good again, uh, and this Ravens defense they they've been good, but they've played some teams that have offensive challenges. I just think that um, th- the Lions are the better team, and they they show it in this game. I agree with you. I think the Lions find a way to win this game. I think it's going to be ugly at times, uh, calling for some cooler temperatures here in the Mid-Atlantic. I think it's supposed to be pretty dry, though. Uh, When I think about the Ravens coming back from London, that matters. They're going to be a little jet lag. It's going to take them some time. Detroit's riding high. I mean, right now, Dan Campbell's got them playing good, inspired football, and he's going to drum up. He's going to be banging that freaking drum. No one's going to respect us, blah, 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 until we beat teams like the Ravens, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? That crap works, though. Like, it really does work. So I like the Lions to win this game. Another close one, but I like the Lions to win. So now the question is, with the Bengals on a bye week, mm-hmm. last week the, the AFC North went 3-0. and is it, Are they going to go 0-3 this week? Let's talk about <laughs> right. the Steelers and Rams. Right now, the line that I have is the Los Angeles Rams are giving the stock home field advantage three points. With a total of 44. Jeremy, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I think this is a a good, not great uh Rams offense against a good, not great Steelers defense, and then a bad Steelers offense against a bad Rams defense. So it's it's kind of a very even uh, matchup here, uh, strength on strength, if you will. Um I I just feel like the trip out west and the the slow starts on offense, it could get the Steelers in a hole early against a team that that can move up and down the field that has the wide receiver group to uh, to challenge this secondary in a lot of ways. So I don't know. I, I love Mike Tomlin after a bye week. They're six and oh in their last uh, six uh, games after a bye week. So since 2017, I think they're one of like two or three teams that have not lost a game since 2017 coming off the bye. That being said, I just I, I don't feel it this year with the Steelers team, and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm going to say that the Rams win this one uh, in a close game. I think the Steelers offense looks a little bit better. I just I just think that the Rams getting out to a lead early is is likely the the wide receivers give the secondary issue, and it's too much for them to overcome. Uh, give me. Give me 28 to 24 Rams. Wow. 24 points for the Steelers. Wow. Okay. So you've got the Rams winning and covering. So for me, uh, this Steelers team, everyone always says, well, they're going West. They're going out West. They're going out West. My brother was in town last weekend. He said, I said, what do you think about the game? this week?" well, they're going out West. Hold on. They just went out to Vegas and won. They've gone out West. I'm starting to wonder if this was this a Ben thing or is it a Tomlin thing going out West and struggling? Yeah. (laughs) And so we'll get another sample size here and it's small right now because obviously Kenny Pickett has played in this stadium last year against the Chargers and lost, but nonetheless, maybe it's not a a Tomlin thing. Maybe it's a Ben thing. We'll see. I think coming off the bye, having two weeks to prepare, I'm Mm -hmm. leaning on the team to improve. I'm not expecting 
them to score 30 points and to have 300 yards and all that stuff. And I'm not expecting Kenny Pickett to throw for three touchdowns first time. And no, I'm not predicting any of that, but I am predicting a team that comes out is going to play fast and physical. They've already been having pads popping at practice more than they usually have. That normally equates to a different style of play for the Steelers. I think they're going to come out. They're going to run the football. It's going to be very similar to what we saw last year coming off the bye. I have the Steelers winning on the money line in this one. Steelers 24, Rams 20. 24 to 20. I think there's going to be some turnovers in this game. I think the Steelers win the turnover battle. And when they win the turnover battle, if you listen to Dave Schofield stat geek on Thursday morning, they win. So that's going to be a key statistic to watch. So I have them winning and being the only team in the division that wins this week. So there you have it. Our picks for this week, Jeremy, what is your fantasy matchup? What is your fantasy game to watch this week? Yeah, absolutely. Another Sunday night football matchup, Jeff. And then this week, it's the Eagles and the Dolphins. That feels to me like a barn burner waiting to happen. Somebody's going to get in the 40s. Another team's going to be in the 30s. It's going to be a a, a good game. Um, Both defenses have pieces to to keep things tight um, and maybe to lower the scoring just a little bit. But it just feels like when you get Jalen Hurts against Tua Tungavailoa, former Mm -hmm. college teammates at Alabama, um, that's a neat storyline in this game. And then you've got just the the cast of weapons that each of these teams have. Um, both running games are outstanding. Both passing games are are very good as well. It, it just seems like one of those opportunities for uh, just plugging in a starter, locking them and loading them, forgetting about it, and waking up the next morning with 20-plus fan- fantasy points from uh, whoever you're starting in this game. So uh, start your quarterbacks, start the wide receivers, start the running backs and then uh if you're if you're rooting for Philadelphia or if you're if you've got Dallas Goddard for Philadelphia start the tight end there too they're all going to feast in this game most likely all right that's going to be a fun game to watch I'm glad that's prime time you know when we had Dolphins Bills we were stuck at one o'clock now this is a prime time game they're going to we the Eagles are wearing the Kelly green it's going to be a lot of fun yes uh, to watch that game for sure all right Jeremy what's coming up on the Q&A, as well as what you have working with the fantasy. You can plug the fantasy podcast as well. Yeah, man, the fantasy first podcast is is going well. Every Tuesday and Thursday, on Tuesdays, we break down the waiver wire list for the upcoming week. So if you are uh, working in redraft leagues or dynasty leagues, um, obviously these are the players that you would want to add to your roster that have upside for the following week and beyond. So you can check that out on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, we're breaking down the DFS schedule for the week, uh, Daily Fantasy for Thursday, and then the Sunday slate as well, as well as my best bets segment at the end, uh, talking about a a three-leg parlay for the Thursday night football game. If you're into uh, the betting side of football, check that out. Uh, I got my first one right last week in the Bears Bears one, or I'm sorry, Bears Commanders two weeks ago excuse me um so we're we're on a roll here there you <laughs> so go we'll keep it I love it. and then perfect absolutely follow me on social media on x at the bets 93 t-h-e-b-e-t-z 93 awesome stuff jeremy as always thank you for your time we will talk next week take it easy man have a good one and a big thank you to jeremy jerome bets for all his time and effort that he puts into not just steel curtain network and on this show but for fans for sports network make sure you check out his fantasy 
first podcast. I've I've listened to him. I've taken some of his advice. Has it always paid off? Not necessarily, but sometimes it does. Go check him out, though. No, he does know what he's talking about. He's actually helped me out in my FanDuel League every week, my daily fantasy league for sure. But let's finish this show up with a little heart-to-heart, right? So this is all Steelers base. I try to do that during the season. I know a lot of fans out there are really down on Mike Tomlin. I get it. I really do get it. But at the same time, I still ask myself, what's the alternative? What is the alternative? When you think about Mike Tomlin, you think about consistency, whether that's the level of success that you want to see or not, he has been extremely consistent as a head coach since the day he was hired in 2007. There's been ups, there's been downs, there's been peaks, there's been valleys for sure. But nonetheless, Mike Tomlin has been consistent. And the one thing I think about is you. I felt the same way with, near the end of Bill Cowher's tenure. You kind of see the writing on the water. Like, man, I, I could see the time where he's done, like where he's actually done. For me, I look at Bill Cowher's tenure and I think to myself, I just don't know what the next thing would be and what it's going to look like. As Steelers fans only know their head coaches are good head coaches and they stay around for a long time. Three coaches since 1969. We all know it. So let's just say that, you know, Mike Tomlin hangs it up maybe after this year, next year, whatever, and he says, I'm done, and he steps away from the team. It does it, There's no guarantee that the next guy is going to be as good, better, or even more consistent, or even at the level of consistency that Mike Tomlin's experienced since 2007. So for me, I have to try and remind myself sometimes. I get into these rants. I had one on Wednesday where – Tomlin frustrates me during a press conference. Some of the decisions that he makes frustrate me. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that the next thing will be the best thing. And I have to remind myself of that. And so I'm going to do that as my heart-to-heart today. Let's enjoy the, the consistency while we have it. It could be a hell of a lot worse if you look around the league. And the Steelers are 3-2, and two, hopefully 4-2 and two the next time we talk on Monday for the Winners and Losers podcast. Hey, may remember, check out the post-game show. Myself, Brian Davis, and Dave Schofield, after the game on Sunday, we will go live right after Mike Tomlin's press conference wraps up. So we have all the information about injuries and all that stuff. We'll answer your questions. You'll be able to hear that also on our podcast platform. So make sure you check that out. In the meantime, I hope you all have a great weekend. You know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>